In this episode of the Health You Podcast, I have a very special interview for you. There are some people who just live a life of purpose, who have a higher calling, who sacrifice so much to help others. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Matt Hill. He and his wife know what it is like to deal with trials and tribulations and what it is to sacrifice to help their child. I believe his passion and his story will inspire you and hopefully give you hope for a better life for your children, regardless of their challenges. Let's turn up your awesomeness, Healthy You. Welcome to the Healthy You Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Haggerty. Healthy You is an online health university to give you all of the resources you need to live a life of optimal health. Our mission is to share everything that we have learned about health, decipher what the research says, and we will interview top doctors, researchers, and practitioners from all areas of health and wellness to give you the most cutting edge information on preventative health. What to expect? Well, we're gonna learn a lot, have a lot of fun, grow constantly, and challenge you to grow too. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to get all of our latest episodes, and we'll see you on the inside. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Scott Haggerty, and I am so excited that I get to speak with someone who I have the utmost respect for, Dr. Matt Hill. Uh, Dr. Matt Hill is a pediatric and family chiropractor um, at PwC Chiropractic in Crystal Lake, Illinois, and I'm so excited for you to share your story. Dr. Matt, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Dr. Scott. I love the platform you're doing. I love um, who you're reaching, um, and I love what you do, so it's an honor to be on. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, in moms and dads and, and anybody who's listening to this, I, I want you to understand Dr. Matt has a very special story. So in, in digging in today, I want you to just kind of sit back and just hear his story, hear his heart, hear his passion, because this man has really given up everything to do what he does to be here today. So before we jump into, into my questions, I, I would love to know, do you have a phrase or a guiding principle that you specifically live by? Oh, I, I love this question. Um, be, and, and I don't think, I think for everyone listening, know that this doesn't always happen when, you know, you're young or when you're first out of college that you get this. But um, over the journey in my life, the past two years, um, I've started to wear two bracelets on um, each arm. One says change the world. And the second one says every kid counts. And I'll explain those through my story. Um, but the journey that I've been on um, has really led me to 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 live these principles um, through my faith, through my practice, um, through my family, and um, it, it relates directly to my story. And the other thing that I will say that the, the first quote that came to mind is a little funnier than those two, um, but I love the quote: "No risk it, no biscuit." Um, and it's <laughs> it's a it's a it's, it's a southern quote from a football coach that I love. Um, but I love it because there's certain points in your life where you've got to take a risk or you're not going to have that reward. And, and I think in our story with, with my son, who I'll tell a story about today and, and my other three kids for, 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 for our family, we've had to take certain risks, um, to get where we are and, and to, and to see them thrive and grow. And so, um, yeah, it, sometimes to change the world and to help kids, we, we've got to risk it and we've got to go for it because uh, that's what we're called to do. Those are excellent quotes. I love every single one of those. But I have to ask you, where did no risk it, no biscuit come from? <laughs> who, who is that? I've not heard that one before. So uh, I'm a big football fan. Um, I grew up in Arizona <clears> and I love the Arizona Cardinals. And while, a few years ago, their head coach, he just won a Super Bowl this last year, Bruce Arians. Um, he used it in his play calling. And he, he said at one time during an interview when they asked him, why are you always so, in their world, I think, careless um, with some of the things you do? And he said, no risk it, no biscuit. And <laughs> I, I just kind of hung on to that in my life, looking back and say, man, I've taken some risks, um, albeit, I think, calculated risks um, that have got me to where I am. And I'm not that type of person. I'm not the type of person that necessarily is going to go out and take crazy risks. Like, I'm not, I don't like heights not going to jump off a cliff. I'm not going to go hang gliding. Um, but I, I've learned to take those risks. And I think that's, um, that's helped myself, my family, and our community so much. So that's where I got it from. Oh, I absolutely love that quote. I'll have to I'll have to look it up. I want to I find it on YouTube or wherever I can see him say that one. 
And I love the fact that you talk about the importance of calculated risks because you and I are both second career people, right? I, uh, yeah. I, I had another, another life before I came into chiropractic. And uh, so I love the idea of taking these calculated risks. So that, that's a great, great commentary. So, so Dr. Matt, can you tell all of our listeners about what you do um, and kind of the multiple hats that you carry? Because I know that at this particular point in your life, you're carrying a lot of different hats. Yes, I'm a, I'm a practicing pediatric chiropractor. Um, you know, I, I practice, see patients, see kids um, four to five days a week in our practice in Crystal Lake, Illinois, um, but have been especially blessed over the last two years now to um, start teaching, training, mentoring other chiropractors, other pediatric chiropractors specifically um, in our company called the Pediatric Experience, who um, we have just brought to our profession um, because we know kids' health is so important and families are looking for multiple choices in, the, in their kiddos' upbringing and their health. Um, and we wanted to be there for not only the parents of our local practice, but for chiropractors everywhere. And so I'm a, uh, I'm a content producer on there. Um, I'm a trainer on there. We teach on there. It's just been such a blessing to be able to reach out um, over the past two years and do that professionally along with being in practice. I'd still say the most important thing I do is just a dad at home, um, loving on my kids, you know, trying to be the best husband I can be. But um, the, those two things I mentioned, they certainly fill the day and bring a lot of fulfillment too. That's awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing with the pediatric experience because I have been a pediatric experience member since the very beginning. Um, and I love the fact that you guys just have this amazing outreach and a passion to help kids. Because I know for, you know, for so many of us that are either, you know, listening to this and, um, or, you know, you and I both, we come from a place where we have kids that had some challenges. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you share with, with our listeners a little bit about your story? Like, I know that you're, you know, you had a whole nother life just like I did prior to chiropractic. So why don't you tell everybody about how you got here and, and why you became a chiropractor? Yeah, I, I, I love telling the story because I think it will relate um, to a lot of people because I did not grow up um, with what I practice now. Um, I, my family, we did kind of everything by the book. We, we were a very traditional family. You know, you, you go to the doctor, you say what the doctor says, you do what the doctor does, and you really don't question it. So I grew up knowing very little about the body, very little about health, where it comes from, how to be healthy. I just kind of trusted the process, if you will, and, and looked at what my parents did um, through it. And so, um, you know, I, I got married, went to college, and uh, my wife and I, you know, went, went to have a baby, you know, like most families do. Um, in the early 20s, and um, Crystal got pregnant, and, and, and throughout the pregnancy, um, we kind of just went by the book, and everything kept going really well um, until about a month before Crystal's due date. Um, I remember getting a call at work and her telling me, hey, I'm going to need you to meet me at the hospital. They found something on the ultrasound, and I think Mike is going to be born today. Um, as any first-time dad, that's kind of a shock to your system. Um, you're like, okay, today's going to be a little bit different than I expected. So, you know, drove her to the hospital as I'm gripping that steering wheel, maybe shaking a little bit. Um, and little did I know how quick it would happen. Micah was actually born about a half hour later via emergency C-section. And um, I still remember standing outside because they, they didn't let me come in for, for, for the birth. And I remember just kind of pacing and, and wondering what was going to happen. And then I remember holding my little boy and being like, man, everything is good. Like, this was incredible. It was scary. But man, I wouldn't trade this for the world. And um, at, at that point, I had a doctor um, come up to me. It was about, you know, 10, 15 minutes after he was born. So, you know, mom got to see him, kiss him. I was just holding him. They were doing the test. And the doctor said, hey, we got to take him. We got to take him to an MRI and just follow up on some things we found on that last ultrasound because we want to make sure everything's okay. And I mean, I'm just looking at him. I'm saying, man, everything's fine. Like, I, I don't think we need to do this. But I went with him. And you can imagine having a newborn in an MRI machine isn't easy, watching him cry and, you know, you being his dad and having to having to watch that. But again, got him back in my arms, went back to mom. We had some time together. And a few hours later, a doctor came came into our room and said two words, you know, I don't, I, I hope that no parent really has to hear. And it's, I have good news and bad news. Um 
And he said, you know, the good news is you're going to get to go home pretty soon with Micah. Um, there's nothing immediate wrong with him, which, you know, sigh of relief for us. But the bad news is he has a brain condition. He was born without part of his brain. And as a parent who knows nothing about anatomy, nothing about health, that was a shock because it, in, in my world, it, it, in that, at that time, everything was important um, with that. And, and what, Micah, what Micah was diagnosed with is he was born without the connector portion of his brain. The, it's called the corpus callosum. It's designed to connect both hemispheres, help the body communicate. And the doctor who came in, the, the resident neurologist said, well, here's a packet of information. I don't recommend you Google it. We want you to see our neurologist first to kind of talk through what this means. Being parents, not knowing what to do, what do we do? We Googled it um, and we did that and that just sunk us. It was, it was a lot for a new mom and dad who you know, thought their kid was just perfect on the outside and knowing that there was something going wrong. And, and in that moment, in that hospital room, I still remember um, getting cleaned up, you know, like just standing there and I actually went into the bathroom and just sobbing my eyes out because I knew nothing about this. This was the first time in my life where I wasn't con in control over what was going to happen to my family. And I didn't really know where to turn. And, and, and that really stuck with me to, okay, my life's going to be drastically different now than where it was. So my wife and I, we, we started doing what most parents do. And, and probably many of you that are listening to this is we sought out expert advice after expert advice. We saw the neurologist, we saw the physical therapist, we saw the occupational therapist. Um, we would go everywhere. Um, more my wife would go everywhere. Um, and I would, I would go along with her and support her. And I still remember going to a neurologist appointment and it took us a few times to get in there. Micah was about three months old. Um, and everything was pretty stable, but we could tell there were some developmental delays. And we went to this neurologist who was highly acclaimed, the best neurologist in our, in our city in Tucson, Arizona, and, or pediatric neurologist. And we went there and we asked him, okay, doc, tell it to us straight. What is Micah's prognosis going to be? What else can we do? Because we're willing to do anything. And he said something that I'll always remember. He said, you know what? I know you're motivated. I know you want to do everything, but save your money and save it for an experience like at Disneyland or his life later on, because nothing's changing this diagnosis. And that just hit us again, like a ton of bricks. So here we are, a family that doesn't know anything about health has just been beat down, beat down, beat down. And again, didn't know where to turn. And so as we, as we left that appointment, it's almost like we were just praying. We're like, God, you got to show up for us somewhere because we're not getting anywhere with this right now. We're just here and that there's really no hope for Micah. Um, but like God does, he provided out of the blue. We had a family friend um, who was actually a chiropractor that I had actually seen when I was in high school um, for knee pain. And, you know, I was playing sports and that. And he actually called me. He says, hey, Matt, I, I, you know, I haven't talked to you in about 10 years, but your mom told me what was going on with Micah. Um, I think I can help. And I remember saying, well, I, I don't know how you can help, um, but I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to give it a shot. So we drove down, drove about an hour to take, take Micah down to see him. And he just explained how Micah's body works, how the developing system was, what it was going through. And um, he said, he said he would help Micah. And, you know, we started to notice some things that didn't change his diagnosis, but made his life so much easier when he was getting adjusted, we were caring for his nervous system and we were working through all these, uh, all these things that we had never heard about. You know, he started sleeping better. He started being able to latch and to nurse and we didn't have to use the formula on the bottles as much. And he started to be able to, you know, kick the ear infections he was starting to get, like teething became easier. All these things that we just thought he was on a path for that came with the diagnosis really didn't come with his diagnosis. And that really opened my eyes as a dad um, because I know historically dads, and, and I can relate to this, aren't necessarily with, with their kiddos. And this just made me start to question more and start to learn more and start to do more and started to meet more people, started to continue in my career and eventually decided, you know what, like I need to go for this. I need to leave my current career 
um, where I worked in corporate America and I need to pursue this because this isn't just about Micah. This is about more kids that I can help that are dealing with the same things. That's absolutely amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So, so you're, you had by chance been introduced to chiropractic when you were younger. And then this family friend comes back into your life and introduces you to this brand new concept and you began seeing results in your son. So how long did it take before you began to see some changes in Micah? You know, it, it, it was, it was one of those things where at first you're kind of wondering if this is what's causing the change, because I remember him getting adjusted that first time and my wife coming back to me and saying, Hey, Micah actually took a nap today for, you know, three hours in the afternoon. And, you know, that was kind of unheard of for, for us. He wouldn't sleep that long. He, you know, he'd wake up after 45 minutes. And so like, I'm kind of chalking it up as, okay, well that's, you know, that's good. Like maybe, maybe there's something to this. And you start to put those puzzle pieces together with, you know, taking that nap to where, you know, I was, I remember being up at night, and I would get home from work and I would grab him and I'd hop on this red yoga ball and just bounce on it because he loved the, the, the input into his brain of movement. Um, and I would do that. And that's what I would put him to sleep with. And then I would like as carefully as ever, like a China doll, just kind of put him in that crib and pray he didn't woke up because I hadn't eaten dinner yet. And I was like, I just got home with work. I just want you to sleep, buddy. <laughs> and I remember, I remember getting there and like getting home a, a few nights later after you got adjusted. And I remember being like, so do you want me to take Micah expecting, Hey, I got to help put him to bed, let Crystal maybe shower and, you know, chill out for a few minutes. And she's like, no, no, he's already asleep. He's good. And I'm like, what? This is different. Like this is, this is different. And so um, just kind of being that, that skeptic, but still in the same sense, like, being open to what was happening, eventually tying it together that we're not doing anything else. And the things we have done haven't got us to this point, but now seeing this and seeing that his body was calmer, his nervous system was, you know, more adaptable to just everyday things with a baby. And, you know, he, he went from this kiddo that didn't do anything easy to a kiddo that just ate, slept and pooped. And that's all you expect from a baby. And we thought as new parents that, there was always a struggle that, that it was going to be a struggle. And to find that when he really just calmed down and his nervous system was in a good place, it was easy. That didn't take his diagnosis away, but it allowed us to focus on that and say, okay, now that Mike is calm and collected and he's sleeping and he's eating easier. Okay. Now we can get him the help he needs from the therapies and from the, you know, early interventions and the things like that to help him develop and thrive it was just such an empowering feeling to know that his body was in that growth and development phase that, okay, it's not just limited to this. He might have a limitation of matter, but he doesn't have a limitation of potential of where he can go because his body was made to self-heal and self-regulate. And now that it's more calm, it can do those things. So it was definitely a process um, that it took me to see it. And it was one of those things where like I was all bought in, as a chiropractic evangelist before I was willing to become a chiropractor. Cause I was, I was saying like, Hey, you know, th- this really worked for us. You guys should go try it. But I still wasn't at that point where I was ready to, you know, stop my career and go into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing that you, you talked about like these, uh, these fantastic changes that you saw with your son, because, you know, I know in, as you do, right. And talking to your parents, a lot of times there is just like that. They just need that breath, right? Like it's that, easier sleeping it's the better latch it's just seeing their child calm down that is like the greatest thing and that's what we saw with olivia like more than anything is that when when we you know met dr tony and and learned how to care for olivia the way that we did that was like all we were looking for was just happier and calmer and like sometimes that's the greatest gift that you can get as a parent isn't it absolutely it it just opens the doors where um and, and i tell this a lot to parents i see is is they come to me feeling like they're not doing enough that they're a failure somehow, that something they're doing is wrong. And that's never the case is they're doing exactly what they should be doing. It's just the way the stress that has, that has come on that baby or that kiddo is, is overwhelming that whole nervous system and it can't calm down no matter what you do. And so as parents, it's not that we're, you know, not doing enough. We're probably doing more than enough. 
it just doesn't have the momentum going in the right direction. And for us to get that momentum going in the right direction, for us to be able to take that breath and be like, hey, you know what? Like, we actually do know how to do this as parents. You know, like not every kid's meant to have to bounce on that bouncy ball to go to sleep. Um, it opened up a lot more opportunities. You know, like I know a lot of kids and Micah was the same way. He couldn't handle long car rides. So that kind of inhibited us to be able to try that therapy across town um, that would have helped him because we had to write it off because we're like, no, no, he's, he's not going to be able to do that. So being able to be in that growth development calm way helped us to be able to look for more and do more for him. That, that's amazing. Cause that's, that's, I think what so many parents are looking for and just the ability to see their child be calm and see them be able to go and just endure just the day-to-day stressors of life that sometimes you begin to feel like, gosh, will this ever get better? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I'm sure, I'm sure you, you feel that so much with, you know, with, with Olivia and how, how she went through all of that too. It's, it's something that you can't necessarily, like, I try to tell parents that, but it's almost like you have to see it and you have to experience it. And so Mm. I really do feel that it's, it's okay to be a skeptic of a lot of different things. That's how, you know, I've, Mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of lived my you know trusting it at face value right away but then jumping all on board when i see it and so i think i think that's an okay place to be um but once you see it to to jump on and go for it no i completely agree because you know even coming into doing the stuff that we did for olivia that's where we were we had tried so many things that had failed and so it's like when you get to a place where you give it a try and then you begin to see things change and you start seeing some momentum build it's the greatest feeling in your world because like finally something is making a difference you know yeah, absolutely. So now let's fast forward. So you made the decision that you were going to look into chiropractic school and like give up your entire career and, and switch gears. So fast forward, tell us about how you got to that point and then school. And then how did you learn about PwC? Oh, awesome. Awesome question. This is where the quote, the no risk it, no biscuit comes in a bit. Um, because I was working in corporate America um, and I did that right out of school. I was um, working with target corporation at the time, um, got promoted a couple of times and thought I was, you know, corporate wise on the fast track. And we had just recently moved from Arizona to the Chicago area. And we were working in that, that environment. And, you know, it, it, corporate America is stressful. It's, it's, it's not easy, but, you know, I think in some ways, the stress of work is fulfilling if you're really driven. And, and, and to me it was, but you start to question things like, okay, like, do I really want to do this for the next, you know, 20, 30 years? Is this really my purpose? And I had always thought um, that chiropractic, that even, you know, being an MD, a DO, any of those things were far out of reach for someone that had already graduated undergrad and, and, and who had already started a career. I, I saw no path. In, into those fields. And I think some of that was me being blind because most of the practitioners I saw were over 50. Um, it seemed like they'd been doing it for their whole life. And that's just all I knew. And when we moved to the Chicagoland area, we met a doctor um, who um, I believe you, you'll probably interview at some point, Dr. Tony Ebel, um, who now works with me at the Pediatric Experience. Um, but Dr. Tony and I, um, I started with him as a patient. And at the time I started with him, he was different than the 50-year-old chiropractors I'd met. He was young. He was my age. He had a family. He had a family in a pediatric, a pediatric practice. And it was so much different than what I thought is I started to see things like, man, he's really having fun. Man, he's really got here fast. Man, he's really making an impact in his community and with kids and doing something that's exactly like I would want to do that made me start to put helping kids in that way through chiropractic on my radar. And that's really where no risk it, no biscuit came in. I remember telling um, my wife and telling my mom um, at the time that, Hey, this is something I'd like to pursue. And I mean, all credit to my wife. She is amazing. She did not bat an eye. She's like, if this is what we're called to do, let's do it. Like, let's go full steam ahead. And I still remember my mom being like, Matt, are you sure this is a good decision? You've got it going pretty good right now. I think she was just worried I'd have to move back into her basement um, <laughs> at some point with, with the two kids we had at the time. 
Um, so obviously she's a little skeptical, but, um, but we went for it. We, we decided, you know what, like, yes, we've been doing this corporate America thing for seven years. Um, but now's the time to do something different. And, and, and I love, and the principle I think I, I'd share here with, with people listening is, you know, th- that story in the Bible of, um, you know, of, of Joseph and, and the seven good years and the seven lean years and the seven good years, I can look back at my life and say, that is just so true is, is when we got married, we had seven really great years. Like we had great years where things were in abundance. Um, even though, you know, Micah had those struggles is, you know, we were able to get help and we were to do that. And at that seven year point or right around it, we said, no, you know what? Like we're not called just to continue in this seven years of comfort. We need to step out and we need to do something else. And, and really that next seven years going to chiropractic school, starting into practice, that wasn't easy. That was not easy at all. That was, you know, in, in ways, the famine of eating ramen at night, you know, working late on the weekends, um, do, do it, taking those odd jobs and, you know, babysitting kids. And it was doing what you had to do um, to make it. But, but having those lean years got us closer as a family, got us more committed to what we believed in. And then coming out of that um, makes you appreciate just the purpose you're on, um, you're on right now. And so, so if, 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 you know, if you're thinking of making that change or making a change into a different career, I would a hundred percent support that um, to take that risk and, and, and to do it because um, although seven years seems like a long time looking back, I'm so glad I did. And I'm so glad, you know, God worked out our pathway where not only could Dr. Tony and, you know, the office he was at at the time, could bring me on board, but then we could grow that office now, even tenfold, twentyfold impact into helping more pediatric chiropractors um, around the country. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was just it, it's it's really a God thing when I think back of it. But it's really trusting God in those lean times that hey, like it's going to be okay. Seven years of feast, seven years of famine, um, it, it is worth it. So, you know, it's amazing because I think that when you feel the calling in your heart, like you are supposed to go after becoming a chiropractor, I think it's definitely like a God thing. I know for us, it was very much the same thing where it felt like there was just a funnel, um, almost like, you know, being pushed into the into the path because God had laid it out for you. And he was going to get you there one way or another, because once you put it on your heart, it was it was laid out and you had to follow the journey. I remember um, I remember my first chiropractor said to me that, you know, you don't choose chiropractic chiropractic chooses you. And it's funny how true I feel like that becomes um, for so many people when you are giving up one career path like you did, or like I did to go down the road to becoming a a chiropractor. Have you ever heard that saying before? Oh, I I, know. I love it. It it is so true. It's like, it's because there's so many things that, that you look back on you're like, man, there's so many other opportunities other shiny things that you probably could have went after, right? Like mm-hmm. that maybe would have seemed better in the short term, but long term, you know, wouldn't have been just as needed as right now in, in our world, and, and 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 even further emphasized by you know what's what's gone on lately in our world that people need, you know, just alternatives and choice and 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 people that can and really help them with differing opinions. And so like, it's totally one of those things that, that God funnels you. Like, I love how you said that he funnels you. Um, or it's almost like, I think of that water slide. That's uh, like great wolf lodge that you're just like, you're <laughs> stuck in the circle going straight down and you're like, do I have a choice um, to, <laughs> to go down? And, and so totally not even a little bit, not even a little bit. I think it's once like, once you're on the path, it's like, it, it's where you're going because he's putting you there. Cause that's where you're supposed to be. <laughs> I've never heard the water slide analogy, but I will definitely be borrowing that one from now on. Hey, that if you live in the Midwest, that is our winter fun, right? To hit an indoor water park at least once and be really stressed out as parents. That's that's, that's oh, our amen. goal. Amen. We do the same thing at least once a year. <laughs> yep. So so now, Doctor Matt, you went to school, and now let's let's tell our, our our listeners a little bit about kind of the transition from you go into school, you become a doctor of chiropractic. And so you ended up working at the place where you were a patient. How did that come about? Yeah, it's, you know, another God story. Um, and it, that one's kind of like God shutting doors on me. 
Um, we had always knew we wanted to create something like that office that we experienced, Premier Wellness Chiropractic. We wanted to do that, but we didn't, we, we wanted to do it somewhere else. We wanted to find what was our dream spot, you know, in the country. Was it back in Arizona? Was it down in Virginia, Florida, Colorado? All these beautiful places that we went and visit, visited, and we were so close to actually buying a practice and starting up and, and doing the doing that out in Virginia. And it, it just ended up that um, at, at that point, um, Dr. Tony actually came to me and said, hey, um, you're not going to believe this. And I, it's, it's completely not in our budget to do it. Um, but we want to add you on as a doc. You've just done a great job in your internship. You know, we've known you for so long that we just feel like you're the right fit and we want to bring you on even though we don't necessarily need another doc right now or, you know, have the finances to do it, but here's what we're going to do. And we want you to be on this team. Um, and, you know, thought about it, prayed about it a lot and jumped at the experience um, to do that. And, and, you know, by, you know, by God's, you know, seeing everything um, a month later, one of the docs at the practice um, ended up having to leave for, you know, a, a family reason. And, um, then there was a spot for me and, you know, the, the, you know, history, history is the rest of it, um, where we just, we got going, but, um, yeah, I can still see, I think if, if that didn't work out where Dr. Tony would have said, Hey, we're going to do this. Um, and we're not going to let you leave. I probably would have left and it would have been a little bit of a different journey, um, for, for our family. Well, you know, it, it's funny because I know obviously he's a, he's a man of strong faith himself. And, you know, I think once it's, I think the word preordained is probably like the most, most appropriate word. Like it was just preordained that it was going to happen. Yeah. So God was going to find a way to make it happen, to make it work so that you can be there to make the impact. Yeah, so, absolutely. so now let me, let me fast forward a little bit. So obviously your son is still undergoing care. Um, what is his quality of life like today? Um, and tell us a little bit more about kind of his journey from when you were in Arizona to now, how's he doing? He's doing incredible. Um, so, so the prognosis we got from Micah um, from the originally the original neurology appointments is that he wouldn't develop much past you know six months to maybe a year. So there was a lot of questions: Would he walk? Would he be able to talk? Would he be able to use the bathroom on his own? Would he be able to really eat on his own? Um, and you know, he's he's developmentally going slow. But he took his first steps at eight years old. He walks independently now. Um, he eats semi-independently now. I say that because he's a little bit messy, but we have we have a great dog at home to you know, help clean up and to do that. He eats semi-independently. Um, sleeps great. Um, can do a lot of the you know kind of basic things on his own. He's getting potty trained now. Even though he's eleven, he's you know starting to do that. Um, and you know, we're really working hard on speech. He communicates with, with an iPad and, you know, we can kind of know what he's saying, but, um, he vocalizes, but isn't quite talking yet, but all just leaps and bounds with him now at 11 years old, further along than we ever would have thought when, when we first thought, you know, he's not going to make it to a year old. We're thinking of, okay, how are we going to do this with a stroller and how are we going to, you know, help him to, to, to get to school? Are we going to be changing his diaper for the rest of his life? And, and things like that, that are all real realities for, for every special needs parent. Um, but we've been blown away by just, you know, God's grace and his development and, and the help that, you know, chiropractic has played in his world to help him reach as high as he can go. And, you know, is Micah ever going to run, um, you know, run a marathon, you know, Probably not, but he is going to touch lives in his own way um, with what with what he can do, and he already has. And so we're super blessed, and we're not going to put a limit on it. Um, I fully believe that you know he's gonna he's gonna find an even bigger role as he gets into his teenage years and and starts to put even more of these things together developmentally. That uh, that he's going to be able to do more, and and we're going to be able to see that. That's awesome. So if you could go back and, and talk to that neurologist that you met with when you were back in Arizona, what would you tell him? Mm. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, that's a good question. I, you know, I think I like now, I think at first my answer would have been like, it would have been more of like, Hey, look at this. Like you were wrong, you know, like kind of the, 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 the proving him wrong side of it. Um, but I think, you know, lately over the past two, three years, it'd be with a lot more grace 
Mm -hmm. um, because I understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. um, the, the experience they have and what they get to see, they see the worst of the worst um, struggling kiddos and struggling families. And, and every kiddo is unique and every case is unique. And, and, and I just, I feel for them because a lot of times when you don't know, you know, when, when you don't know what you don't know, it's not that you're just, you know, you're blinded by it, but you don't really have that hope. And I, and I, and I can say that because I don't know his individual story. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, where he came from or, or what patients he'd seen and how he'd been disappointed. And so, so in his view, I know he was trying to be careful. I know he was trying to, um, trying to, trying to help us, I think, to level set our expectations, to be ready for what's coming. Um, so I think now what I would tell him is, Hey, like I obviously appreciate the motivation because if it wasn't for you, I don't think I'd be helping a lot of other kids. So thank you for being so straightforward. And, and, you know, your, you know, your honesty in a way was good for me, but also is we have to give hope. And this is what I tell other doctors now is like, there's gotta be that, that, that hope card to say, Hey, if we know what the body's capable of doing, um, that is capable of self-healing, self-regulating, working through a lot of these tough things, there's no diagnosis that is going to limit. Um, and, and, and for, you know, for him to you know, live in that world, obviously diagnosis mean a lot more than they, than they do to us. And so I just, you know, encourage him to have, have a little more hope in a lot of these cases, but in a way, like I could go back and probably hug him right now and, and say, Hey man, thank you for the motivation. Cause if you weren't so, uh, so straightforward with me, I probably wouldn't have get, got so motivated to, to get after it. Love your perspective because, you know, it's, it definitely tells what kind of a person that you are, that you, sh you have the perspective and the compassion that you do with something like that. Because, um, you know, it, I think that it, there, you can go one of two ways, right? You can go down the road of being angry with him and want to try and prove him wrong. Or like you did, which is having compassion and, you know, that he doesn't see what you see. And I, I yeah. would pray that he would get to see stuff like this, you know, and, and that he would be able to go and see the kind of things that, Unfortunately, in, in his world, he doesn't really necessarily see or know or even, you know, really believe to be possible because they just don't see the kind of things that you see in your doors. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I can't say that part of me at first wasn't driven by the I want to prove you wrong mm -hmm. um, side of it. Like I think any any good parent is going to do right. Like you're going to do absolutely everything for your kiddo. Um, and, and I think that is that is at the heart of it. And that is OK. But it's looking back now and, and saying, man, like, I just hope that more doctors like him know about what we can do and what other practitioners like us can do. Mm -hmm. So that way, those parents that are getting the same news I did know where they can turn um, to get additional help and, and, and to go further than they think they can go. I love it. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I think this is fantastic. So, Dr. Matt, you know, you're still relatively early in your career. Did you expect at this stage of your career to be making the kind of impact that you are? Um, I guess it's hard. This is a tough question because it's hard to a lot of times it's hard to see the forest outside of the trees. Um, and I think we all see this in, in, in all of our lives, right? Whether it be family, whether it be professional you look at it as an, okay, what am I doing day to day? And, you know, day to day, there's still struggles. It still takes hard work. It, you know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to go through things, but when you really do look at it in the forest, like I'm extremely blessed to be doing what I do. And if anything, I probably don't take enough time to sit there and think, okay, like we have made a big impact, but I think it's more for myself, for Dr. Tony, for our entire team at PwC and at PX, it's, more of where we're going and what do we have to do? Like, I can say this, if, if, you know, if my life ended today, I would not be satisfied with, with where I'm at. And, and I think that's what keeps me driving or keeps that lighthouse further out or keeps us still pushing for that. Um, yes, I'm happy for what, you know, we've been able to accomplish, you know, with my son and my other three kids now and our practice and us training other chiropractors. But man, like we are not done. And if it, if, if it had to stop today, we would not be happy. So um, there's so much more to do. And I think some of that is just reaching more parents um, with it is, you know, it, the, the pediatric chiropractic is something that's been around for a long time, but it just isn't utilized a lot in our, in our world. And it was just such a, 
such a miracle worker for me, for you, Dr. Scott, for so many moms and dads that we would be remiss if we were done and we weren't helping more parents um, to know that we can help their kiddos with what they're struggling with. Love it. I think that was beautiful. So, so let me ask you something about kind of personal meaning, right? You're, you are helping to train doctors that you will never know the stories, right? I mean, you'll hear some, but you'll never know the, the global impact of what you do with helping to train doctors all over the country and all over the world. So what does it mean to you to be in a position to, to do this kind of work, to train chiropractors, pediatric chiropractors, um, to help children, potentially like your own son, all over the world? I, you know, the, the quote I love that, that goes with that question, um, there's actually two, is one, it's a Bible verse, and I forget the, the reference on it, but it's to whom much is given, much is expected. And the, the second statement is by one of the developers of chiropractic is you never know how far reaching what you think, say, or do um, will make an impact with. And I, I don't think this is just, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's kind of a gravity statement. It's, it's I know that I can make an impact and I've had to work hard to get to that point. And I know that what I do is important and it's needed and I've got to stay on it. But, but the truth is, for everyone who came before me and everyone who's going to come after me um, and come with me, it's the same, really, really the same calling. We can't, you know, it's, it's not any lesser anymore. You know, that, that chiropractor back in Arizona that, that gave me a call um, that I hadn't seen in 10 years, I was like, hey, I'd love to help Micah. Can you bring him in? Like that butterfly effect of that conversation has caused so much more. And then, and then Dr. Tony, like you look at his start and his son and the things went, that went with that is that, that, that effect um, had a huge impact. And so, you know, I, I think where much is given much is required. And so we're called to, to really continue to live for that purpose. Um, and then just know that what we do has an impact. And, and if that's, you know, if, if, if that's changed that world in one little way, um, to make a bigger change in the future, that's what we're going for, right? And I think anyone with kids can can know that, right? It's like, if I can't do it, you know, I don't know, maybe my kids or maybe my grandkids will have that legacy and and there will be change. I mean, you look at the past presidents, like, did their mom and dad know they would be president someday? Did they know they'd be, be those kind of leaders? No, we don't know. All we can do is we can pour into that next generation and leave that legacy so that they can do even more than us. I love it. I love it. I love the perspective on it. I love the bigness of that because, you know, I think that, I think that one thing that is for certain is that the, the impact that, that what you and Dr. Tony and the team at PX are doing and by helping to train so many doctors, I think is going to leave ripples that are going to be far bigger than we can ever imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, having been a parent who was in need seeking out help, um, and I know you being in the same position, the, the impact that that is going to make on lives is going to be immeasurable because the suffering that parents are going through, I don't think can be quantified, in, you know, in any way, shape or form, but the, the impact that it can have on changing their lives is going to be literally limitless. So, um, you know, as someone who obviously is someone who's on the calls and works with you guys and trains with you guys, um, just so blessed to have you doing what you're doing because your passion comes through in everything that you do. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and, and, you know, I, I feel really called, and, and the reason I say talk to parents and, and, and really do that is there's some, there's some absolutely just saddening statistics with kids with either special needs or kiddos that are struggling with developmental delays. Um, you know, I remember going to a marriage counselor before my wife and I got married, and this was before we even had Mike, and I remember them saying that 85% of families that have a special needs kiddo um, or a, a traumatic thing happened with their kiddo, their marriage is actually in a divorce. And, you know, when, when we first were, got Micah's diagnosis, I think we both looked at each other and we were like, uh-oh, like that's not a good, you know, word that was maybe spoken. But I do know that, that what we do um, can have greater impact than even on the kiddos and, and that. And it's, and it's taken a lot of work with it and it's, it's hard days. But, um, but, but, but really the, the impact we're called to do can help in so many different ways because there's so much stress in every angle that comes with a struggling child. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that what you said there is just perfect because 
you know, nobody can understand what it's like to deal with a child with challenges, except for the parent that's going through it and the stress and everything that it can create within the home can literally rip the fabric of a family apart. And so, so the impact is not just on the kids. It's the, it's an impact that can save families. It can heal families. It's far bigger than I think anyone of us, any one of us could ever imagine. So, so you've obviously worked with a lot of different kids in your, in your career. You've seen a lot of different cases when you go through the databanks, tell our listeners about one of your favorite stories, like whether it's the impact, the changes, like what's, what's your favorite story uh, so far in practice? Mm. Um, you know, I, this is one that's kind of top of, top of mind and, and on my heart um, right now is it's a, it's, it's a, he's a young adult now. He's 19. His name's Carter. And um, he was born with, um, cerebral palsy. And, and it was, it was major to the point where, um, he was actually resuscitated off the table. And, and in mom's words is he had been brought back to life and, um, they lived their whole life with him not being able to do absolutely anything. In fact, they had worked up to a point where he was uh, about 12 to about 15, where he started to be able to use eye movements. So, not, not unlike, you know, Stephen Hawking, where like he would talk with his eyes, couldn't move at all. Um, but he would use those eye movements to be able to say yes and no and communicate a little bit with mom and dad. And he's, his, he, he was on a, a lot of different medications. And, and unfortunately, those medications couldn't control a lot of seizures. And, you know, by about 18, um, right before we met him, he had actually lost all movement that he had in his neck. And that was the only movement he had left and all movement in his eyes where he was, he was kind of buckled in and couldn't really communicate anymore. And um, I remember meeting mom who had heard about us um, from another special needs um, boy who she had heard. And she says, you know what, my goals there, you're probably going to think I'm funny with this. I said, no, no, absolutely not. Like, what are your goals? And she's like, I just want him to be able to say yes or no with his eyes again. Um, because it's like his, he's just gone black and he's not there anymore. And, and he was there. And so, you know, obviously you can imagine a kiddo that's combined, combined to a, to a, to a chair who's immobile, um, you know, from a chiropractor to, to, to take on that case, there's, you know, there's not, there, there's not a whole lot to work with. He, you know, Carter had rods in his spine and, and things like that. So, so we had to start really slowly and work a lot with, just very gentle adjustments up in that upper neck and, and helping him regain some movement there. And he's been under care now for about a year. And I saw him last night and, and one of my uh, peers, Dr. Spencer was, was adjusting him. And I just went in there and he, after he got adjusted, he was actually able to kind of turn his head. Yes or no. In addition to moving his eyes, yes or no. And, and what was so amazing with that was that littlest thing completely turned how his mom could talk to him, how she could help him. I mean, he, he can now tell mom what shows he wants to watch. He can tell mom if he's hungry, if he's thirsty, if he doesn't feel good, there was just so much in that little change with Carter. And it it just blessed, you know, it it blessed all of us docs so much to see that, but it's one of those things where you think, you know, as a, as a practicing, as a practitioner, you're like, how much can I really do for Carter? But just that little thing really changed their world from, you know, a kiddo that might be a young adult that might be locked in for the rest of his life to now the quality of life he has is so much better and he can interact with people and, you know, he can, he can show that he's happy. And, and one thing I love about Carter now is when we first started, he wasn't really smiling. Now he'll laugh, he'll smile. You can joke with him. He's from Wisconsin. He loves the Green Bay Packers. So we love to joke joke on the Packers and give him a hard time about Aaron Rodgers and, and that, and he just, and, and he eats it up. Like he's, he's come alive. And, and that's one of my, you know, one of the favorite, uh, the favorite kids that, that I've got to take care of um, for those reasons. That's a tremendous story, tremendous story. And it's, it's cool because, you know, sometimes, especially when you talk with, with kids who have such significant limitations, it's the little things that mean the most for quality of life. And I I love the fact that you share that because I know there's lots of great big ones. I mean, we, you know, we all have seen that the big ones were these, these massive successes, but it's these little things like 
the ability to interact and communicate and to be present and to know that they're there and to be able to have some modicum of a quality of life is just like the best thing in the world. I'm so glad you shared a story like that. And, and moms and dads, when you're listening to this, I hope that you can really feel Dr. Matt's heart um, because you can tell that he's someone who having been in this you know, as a parent, now as a doctor, that his heart is for, for giving quality of life to the kids they care for and, you know, helping them to be able to go and live their best life within the, the limits of the matter that, that God's blessed them with. So, so Dr. Matt, I have one last question for you. All right. Bring it. Okay. This is a big one. Okay. When you, when you reflect back, okay, many years down the road and you're looking at your career and what you've accomplished what do you want your legacy to be when your career is over? So when I think about, you know, the legacy I want to leave, the, the most important one is my faith in my family is if I don't have, um, you know, I, I, I want, I want to be great for my kids. I want to be great for their future spouses and their grandkids. And, and just that, that generational family unit and for them to look back and be like, man, you know, they're me and, and, and their mom, Crystal, that we really, set them on the right track. And, and I think that's obviously the most important thing we can do. Um, from more of a professional standpoint, you know, I, I just hope that we, we create the momentum to make a shift. And really like that bracelet says, to, to really change the world, to give individuals that are like-minded with us that hope and other options and other ways of doing things that might be more of what they value and more of what they need that weren't given to them by, by others. And I, I, I it, you know, I, I just hope that we get to a point where, and I don't want to say that, that, that what we do is more mainstream, but I want it to be that option where people are looking for pediatric chiropractic and, and coming out because we know the miracles that can be made and that we've changed the world that way through health and through healing and we helped more and more kids be able to find um, find that health and healing through what what we do. And so, looking back, if we've developed those other caregivers, if we develop that culture, if we've changed that, um, that's going to be a huge legacy to leave to change the world, to look at health differently um, for so many families. Doctor, man, I absolutely love that. I think that I think that's the shift that so many people want to see. Um, and so I thank you so much for sharing your heart, your passion, your time with us, because I think there's so much value that was given by, by this time that we spent today. Dr. Matt, I cannot thank you enough for being our guest on the Healthy You podcast. And uh, just I, I, I pray that God blesses you and your mission to help kids and families and everything that you do. And uh, you're just a special man with a special heart. So thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. Oh, thank you, Dr. Scott. And God speak to you and and to what you do. And, and I love this podcast and I love just what you do and what you're called to do. So keep on doing it. And thank you for having me. God bless you guys. And keep on, keep on being awesome and helping families. All right. Have a great day, Dr. Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Healthy You Podcast. This show is for you. So we want your feedback and your questions. And here is how you do it. Number one, go to our show page on anchor.fm and you can send us a voice message that we may answer in a future episode. Number two, join our Facebook group and post your questions in the forum so that our rapidly growing Healthy You community can benefit from the answers as well. Our Facebook group is a great place to connect for bonus content and special masterclasses as well. We look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Until then, stay awesome. Thank you.